0: Welcome back to Session 2 of Men in the Brokenness Series. My name is Jamela Hillary Harris, and I am the owner of J. Marie, Inc., LLC, the creator and host of J. Marie Speaks. Step 2 in the healing process for me was and still is faith. We started off the series discussing courage and touched a little bit on forgiveness. Throughout this series, I will take you on a journey during a time in my life which broke me. I was lost. If it wasn't for grandma's prayers, prayers of loved ones and faith, I wouldn't be here today. Hebrews 11 and 1 states, Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, understand this. Fear will make you find faith that you didn't think you had. At that time, my life was spiraling out of control. I remember calling my grandmother from a payphone, and asking her to pray for me. I was only in Augusta, Georgia, but my children's father and his friends were a wild bunch. And although home was maybe 20, 30 miles away, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. And... I, like I stated before, I was lost. I had been exposed to situations that seemed like a gangster movie, and I wanted out. Unfortunately, I was in love and dealing with abandonment issues, so I was focused on keeping my family together. I was scared, but my eyes were finally starting to open. I learned that staying with him for the sake of of our children Had me miserable. I didn't really realize how toxic our relationship was until I had a gun held to me and my firstborn son's head. He was only one years old and I was pregnant with our baby boy. I remember it like it was yesterday. About eight people came to my apartment in broad daylight with loaded guns. They were looking for him. At that moment, I cared nothing for my life, but asked them to not hold the gun in my son's face or allow him to touch it. I had no clue why they were looking for him, but understood that it was deadly. The young lady warned me and said, in her own words, if you stay with that white boy, you and your baby could could get killed. I don't know about y'all. But if somebody tell you something like that and you don't even know what's going on, I'm sorry, but that was scary. I had one of his boys notify him and for all of them um, basically to return whatever she wanted. I had to stand my ground, though, respectfully, you know, because they had guns drawn and there was a gun that was. At my head, then they had a gun pointed at my one-year-old, and he was trying to reach out for this gun. And I just remember praying on the inside. Uh, And mind you, I hadn't prayed in a a while, but that's the only thing I can think of. My neighbors next door saw the guns, and they went back inside their apartment. Like, they were like, "Uh uh-uh, no, mm mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> and they, guys, if I can only tell you, normally you would think people would would call the cops or something to say, "Hey, you need some help." Nope, they saw all those people come to my apartment, and they went in their house and they mind their own business. I promise you, they did. But I realized I was in a situation where I was alone. One of his friends was there. And he was trying to calm it down, but they had pulled a gun on him, and he was getting nervous. And so I just had to remember that I was pregnant. And I'm just looking at my son, just reaching for the gun. And so I just had to really pray. I had to stay calm. I had to remember to stay respectful. And I told her, I said, I don't know what he's done. I don't know what's going on. Because I didn't. I said, but you can have everything in this house. I said, everything in my apartment you can have. I will gift wrap the refrigerator for you. But all I ask is that you spare me and my child's life. I said, you can even take his friend. I don't care. I said, I'm just looking out for me and my baby and my future baby. And you know she was a mom too but you know everybody chooses whatever lifestyle they want for their for themselves but i remember how i was in that position and i could have like freaked out went crazy but it was a i, I can't even explain to you a a uh, subtle calm of peace, courage, all of it came all in one. It just just balled up on the inside of me. And all I could think about is saving my son's life and saving my own life. And so I had to genuinely have faith over fear because all I could think about is I need God because nobody can help me. My neighbors were not looking my way. They locked their door, closed their blinds, and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. I didn't have anybody, just God. And, you know, thankfully God touched her heart, which caused her to let the guns down with, every, with the rest of them. And so all of them could handle whatever business outside of my place because, like I said, I, I didn't know. But keep in mind, this was during the phase of the seven years that I would run, that I was running from the church. I never stopped believing in God. I just didn't know if he believed in me anymore. But when I saw how they put those guns down and, and, and let me explain something. These weren't little handguns. If I remember correctly, one looked like an assault rifle, so I wasn't even sure what was going on. I just knew it wasn't good. After that, life got worse. One of my children's father's friends snitched on him, and he ended up with a 10-year prison sentence. This was ironic to me because I was facing 10 years in prison, maybe a year and a half prior because of him. My family is a witness that nothing could separate me from this man but God. Even after, you know, me almost losing my own freedom, I still went back to him. His prison sentence made me angry and it made me really bitter. I was pregnant with our second child and had to go into hiding for a while. I lost my car, home, and had to lay low from the, lay low, And off the radar for a while. Honestly, guys, I had hit rock bottom. I thank God for my family. I couldn't see past the pain and trauma. I was devastated. And for those of you who have had kids, you know your hormones are raging also. So you're mad, you're angry, you're crying. I was all over the place. I didn't trust anyone or anything but God. I was so angry. With God, although I trust him, I was angry with him, too. And it wasn't even God's fault. My choices and failure to make the right choices caused me to travel a hard path. You know, I was mad at God, but the person that I should have been mad at was myself. It was accountability. At that time, I didn't know that. I was um, projecting what I was feeling for myself onto God. And what's so crazy, God just took it. He listened. He took it. God never left. And it was my faith in God that would eventually make me whole again. Over the next two years of my life, it transformed in a remarkable way. Things started looking up for me. I could have left the past in the past, but like Lot's wife, I looked back. I helped him get out of prison after a little over two years. And he couldn't parole out to my apartment, so I found another one for our family. He was released, and... Y'all guessed it, I got pregnant again with our baby girl. We literally have stair-stepping children. The various occurrences that happened during this time frame made me hate him. I wanted him to die and go to hell, beg for water, and as the drip would get near his tongue, I wanted to catch it and watch him suffer. That's how bad I hated him. I was in a bad state of mind. I still loved him, but he was hurting me. Once our daughter arrived, he came to the hospital and signed a birth certificate. Both families were present for her birth, unlike our youngest son. Even after his family tried to take my children and leave me with nothing, I still wanted him. He was my everything. He became a God in my life. Little did I know. God doesn't play that. Exodus 20 and 3 have been broken. And y'all, you guys can go back and verify this information. But Exodus 20 and 3, let me know. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 24 through 5 came to pass, and I saw the jealousy of the Lord. God really does love me and couldn't stand to see me continue to continue the path of the ignorance and the shame. I was wandering in the wilderness mentally like guys, I was just out there like, you know, I had lost everything and I was rebuilding, you know, with with my two boys. I had my own place. You know, I didn't have a car, but I used to walk to the store with the double stroller like I had come a long, long way. September 11, 2002, I almost lost my life. There were two pieces of placenta in my uterus that were causing me to bleed out. I was taken to the hospital by my sister, T. I declined a blood transfusion. My family was called, and they told my father that I may not make it. My dad spoke words into me. You know how dads do, like, you better fight. You better get this. You you know, I don't know for those of you that don't have dads, but my dad was, he was stern, but I knew my father was scared too. And then my mother, you know, she didn't know what was going on because my mom was home, <clears throat> excuse me, and she had multiple sclerosis, so she was sick. My family prayed for me, the ones that were called. But as I was drifting away, I heard my oldest son say, Mommy, please don't leave me. I need you. And he was little and I'm like, How this little boy I said this, and I don't know if any of y'all have children or not, but you just imagine your child being about one, almost two years old, and they uh well at that time how old was he? He was actually he was two going on three. And then my youngest was one, and then my daughter was uh just born. So he was, yeah. He was um he was two going on three, and I remember him touching my face and he said, Mommy, please don't leave me. I need you. And whatever I had in me, whatever fight I had in me. When my son touched me, it woke up every survival skill in my body. Because if I did nothing else, I wanted to fight to be there for my children. And at that moment, it looked like a crime scene. So everyone had to leave. They couldn't do anything to me, meaning the hospital because I wouldn't stop bleeding for them to investigate. They put me in a room and I had to wait. They were trying to get me to sign paperwork and I was starting to lose consciousness. They told me that I would need blood and I remember saying that if God is real, the bleeding would stop and I'll be healed. I think those doctors thought I was crazy. At that point, I thought I was too. 'Cause I was in it I like I was in and out of consciousness. I was I, I just know I, I'm really funny about someone giving me someone else's blood. They the doctors and the nurses they left the room and I talked to God. I cried out to God with what faith I had left and I begged him to save me. I know that I didn't deserve it. But to please hear my son's prayer is what I told him. I said, God, please if don't do it for me. Do it for my little boy. Do it for my daughter. Do it for my son. You know, I, I asked God to allow me to be with my kids. And, and I was like, I know the road may be hard. I said, but I will fight to keep them together. I said, please, Lord, help me. And I remember falling into a deep, I I fell fell asleep and I was awakened by the doctor or the nurse. And they told me that they can't explain how the bleeding stopped, but it did. They called a sonographer into my room and she discovered the placenta that was in my uterus. It was poisoning me and my baby because she was, she was being breastfed. So my white blood cell count was up and she was nursing. So my white blood cells that you know, as and for those of you that have that have breastfed your children, you understand when you express milk, that's everything coming from your body. So my my body, my cells were attacking my daughter's cells. And her pediatrician initially couldn't figure out what was going on because she had the she was jaundice. Her jaundice levels wouldn't correct themselves. Um, It was just a lot going on with that situation and it was time for me to get some help. This was a difficult point in my life because I realized that I could live or I could die Depending on what God wanted and my stubbornness. Everyone, please know if someone's trying to help you, let people help you. Let them help you. Don't be foolish. But I was, I was in my 20s and I was going through so many emotions. And, you know, I had just had my baby on September 2nd. And then September 11th, I turned around, I'm in the hospital. Well, an emergency DNC was performed and I fell into a deep sleep. During that time, God spoke to me and showed me a vision of my children's father and I. We initially were on the same path, but it split. I turned to him in a dream and said, Something inside of me is telling me that you're deceiving me. He went his way and I went mine after we shared a kiss. Cause the it it split like I said the road split or the path split. He called that day to check on me. I was on so many pain medications that I could hear myself talking to him, but I was, but I was doing the talking. It's like I can I can hear myself talking to him to better explain it, but it was like someone else was doing the talking for me, but it was me. It was almost like it was a, a ventriloquist present but it was all me and the exact words that I said in the dream I said those words to him I later found out that he married another woman either a day or so after I told him those words I didn't find this out until later because he was trying to juggle fixing our relationship and reaping the benefits of being married to an upper-middle-class girl. Or, or Well, she wasn't a girl, she was a woman. Like his mom wanted, but that ended tragically also. To bring everything full circle, my faith helped me reset, refocus, and refine my life to a better path. It hasn't been easy, but my faith has sustained me and made me whole again. Please join me again for session three of Mending the Brokenness. Please remember that nobody has a perfect life. But you don't have to have the victim mentality. I've taken every single thing that people have thrown at me or whatever cards have been Uh, dealt to me in life and I rolled them up and I just had to figure it out. I had to play my hand whether the cards of life were good or bad I had to make it work and trust me don't think suicide ain't try to creep up but suicide to me is a cheat code like Nobody should use that as an avenue to try to, you know, negate from responsibilities. We need to all be accountable for what we do. And just understand that your past does not define you. I had someone tell me, are you not afraid about sharing your life? Well, it was my test for a testimony for someone. And like I said, this isn't a religious podcast, but God is ahead of my life. And I'm by far not perfect. If you look at me, be like, girl, your life ain't this and I, And I look at you, girls, you ain't either. But if you want to really try to at least touch on what may be bothering you in your life. This, the seven steps that I use in my life. Help me to find my way back to God, to find my way to peace. Just think of it as a lighthouse, because that's how I see myself now. I'm like a lighthouse. And the light that comes from me is the light that God allows to shine through the windows of the lighthouse. To be able to, grab, to, be able to help guide people through the storm. To bring them back to shore. So, all right, guys, another successful session. Please join me again for session three of Mending the Brokenness. I am your host, Jay Marie, and this is my podcast, Jay Marie Speaks. Thank you all for listening.